Hello, and welcome to Faithful Adaptation, uh, the show where we look at books and their on-screen adaptations. This week, we're talking about Stephen King's 1982 short story, um, Rita Hayworth and the Shawshank Redemption, and its more famous film adaptation uh, directed by Frank Darabont in 1994, simply just titled The Shawshank Redemption. Um, <laughs> this is, yeah, it's, it's really weird. This is one of those uh, famous examples of, of, of an adaptation that's more popular than the book. I mean, uh, the book came out in a short story collection in 1982. Uh, it was called Different Seasons. Um, and the idea with these short stories is that like King, King would write like these thousand page wild books <laughs> um, and, and then, and then he'd sort of want to flex his literary muscles, you know? So I think the story for, uh, Rita Hayworth and the Shawshank Redemption is that he wrote The Stand. I don't know if you know about The Stand. The Stand is like a wild, a thousand page book about like God and the devil fighting at the end of the world. And it's a whole thing. And after that, he was like, yeah, I'm going to write a, a, a 90 page story about a guy in prison. <laughs> I, I actually have heard of the stand. It's recommend, recommended me on several different occasions, but that sound I never got a description of it. And I think that's why <laughs> the description you just gave is probably why I never got a description for myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's a wild book. But uh, this um, short story collection, it was like it was it was wild because you know for the longest time Stephen King was just like he is a horror author. That is all he is. And then when this came out, like this has the basis for. Stand By Me, which is just a story about boys hanging out in the 50s, and uh, The Shawshank Redemption. I mean, Rita Hayworth and The Shawshank Redemption. But yeah, it, it has these like literary stories, and it, like, it really surprised people at the time. I don't want to jump too far. I don't jump the gun a little bit too much, but <laughs> the thing about the historical context around the movie is that this came out, the movie came out um, during the you know, uh, war on crime, or during the beginning of the war on crime, when Everyone was like, lock him up. These people are soulless. You know, they're, they're evil. And then there's this story that comes out that's about this guy who's, who's, who's innocent and he's, you know, locked up with all these other guys who are not bad people. I mean, some of them are awful, but. Um, and I'm, we can get into the differences with the book because the book is like, it's very much like Red's story and the movie is clearly Andy's story. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, uh, Frank Darabont, this was his, would you believe that this is his first feature film? Like, oh my god, really? Yeah, like he he's like a pro in this. It's wild because you know, before this, um, he had just written the script to uh Friday the th no, not Friday, I'm sorry, Nightmare on Elm Street 3, I think. You know, classic movie that we all right. know. household name, <laughs> household name, Nightmare on Elm Street 3, and then yeah. the remake of The Blob, you know, The Blob with Steve McQueen. They remade it in the 80s, he wrote that. So <laughs> he has just an immaculate career up until this point. Yeah, no, but he doesn't seem like the guy to write a, a two and a half hour drama about prisoners, uh, you know, from the 1940s to the 1960s. But he did. <laughs> um, and, and it really goes to show uh, King sold him the rights for a thousand dollars or whatever. Yeah. Um, because he because he liked him and he had worked with Frank Darabont before. Frank Darabont's first film in film school was an adaptation of a King short story. So he was sort of like, and I mean Frank Darabont has made two other Stephen King adaptations: The Mist, which is dreary and depressing, and 
I, I don't know. I don't want to spoil it. All right, this ends the history section of the pod. See, it wasn't 15 minutes. You said it was going to be 15 minutes. It was like, what? I'm looking like nine minutes. Look yeah. at that. <laughs> um, we're going we're gonna to make our way into more of a structured thing uh, before we get into general thoughts. We're just going to talk about the characters, uh, the cast of characters, if you will. Um, starting off with our main guy, uh, Andy Dufresne. Andy Dufresne, what a, what a, what a, what a sad man. <laughs> yeah, man, I, like, um, I, I'm really glad that the movie focuses on him. I mean, Tim Robbins's performance is great. I mean, the book focuses on him too, like, but it's, it's, it's like from Red's perspective. So he doesn't really know as much about uh, Andy as the movie shows, you know, the, the movie actually shows the court case. It shows him like contemplating suicide in his car and drinking and all that. And that's only stuff that like Red hears of in the book. Uh, the book is very much like uh, The Great Gatsby where it's like Gatsby is the guy, like Andy is the guy, but it's told from another perspective. Yeah. I, I mean, Red narrates the whole movie. It's, it's curious. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, you see some of that in the movie where, Ned is where Red is narrating the entire movie once they get to Shawshank, like once they actually get to the prison itself, then you start seeing where it is becoming Red's, Red's perspective. Yeah. And I, I, I mean, I, you can talk about, I mean, I, I really enjoy Tim Robbins's performance. I think he does a great job. Um, I mean, this, like this character, Andrew Dufresne is like, like, I mean, we're still talking about it now. It's like 27 years later. And I mean, his story, um, it's, it's just great. I, I, I really enjoy his performance. And I, I like, like how, how he portrays like being the young man. I mean, not really young, but like young in 1948. And then like 17 years later really feels like 17 years later for this yeah. guy. You feel older and also kind of broken. Like, like institutionalized. We talk about the movie. Institu he seems like he's just been like, the prison system has just broken his spirit. <laughs> the guards are still terrible in, in the original story, but it's not like, like, um, Captain Hadley, like in in the first night in the, in the movie, he pulls a guy on you, like beats him to death. Never happens in the book. So I mean, the movie really establishes how how deadly and how like screwed up this system is. Well, yeah. the book is more like like offhand mentions, but it's not like like we don't see a guard beat a man to death. Yeah, like <laughs> literally, literally just beats him, like takes out his club, takes out his fan. At, what is it called? Um. Baton. Baton, that's what it's called. I say bayonet. Um, his baton and beats him to death with it. Like, it's horrifying. It shows just how screwed up the entire system is, and this is where they put in this main character. Yeah. Um, I, I guess uh, moving on uh, to, to Red. Um, in the book, I don't know if you knew this, Red is just your traditional, like, New England Irishman. He's, he's actually like, a redhead. He's, he's he, yeah, I mean, he's got, like, an accent and everything. And it's written from his perspective, so you're like, okay, I sort of, I know who this guy is. Um, but he's someone who you would, like, I, I guess you would see in, in the 1940s in New England. You know, he's, he's just an Irishman. Um, I, I, I enjoy, um, like, Morgan Freeman, and I think that change to him, like, you know, being an African-American. I think you would see more African-Americans in prison like now and a uh, hundred years ago or whatever, then you would just like Irishman or whatever. Like I, I like the change yeah. and I like Morgan Freeman. He is excellent. Yeah. I love 
Morgan Freeman. I could listen to Morgan Freeman talk for like five hours straight. Yeah. Um, I think it's really. I think it's weird. Just I think they play it off like as a joke in the movie, but it's also it's clear that 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 Red was written as not an African American man. It was written as like an Irish white guy um, from yeah. like Boston or something like that. Like. Not Morgan, not who Morgan Freeman is. I mean, not yeah, not not the epic narrator Morgan Freeman. Um, I I I I got it on Amazon, so I had the trivia or whatever. And um, the uh, they actually recorded Morgan Freeman's narration before they shot anything, so they could like time like what was happening to how he was saying it, which is really interesting. It's all about the narration. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. Um, I. Yeah, I like his his narration. I I think it was the first time he like narrated anything, which is also really interesting because yeah. after this, he did so many documentaries, and like we know him as the narrator guy now. Yeah, the uh, Andy Dufresne came to Shawshank Prison in 1945. Whenever whenever we yeah, yeah. like you know him as that voice, like the voice that just narrates somebody's life. <laughs> And I mean, I like it. Really goes to to both of them, um, uh, Tim Robbins and Morgan Freeman. Like their friendship is like it's it's really like it's really well done. Um, I wouldn't say it's really an element in the book. I mean, they are friends. They're, they are definitely friends. But in I don't know in in the movie, I I I feel it more, you know, because like the like. I, I like um there's the whole thing where it's like he's betting against him. That's not in the book at all. Yeah, I, I really like the journey that these two people go on where you know Red is like apprehensive of him at, at the beginning and, and then they slowly become like really good friends. I think in interviews Morgan Freeman said it was like like the movie is a romance, but in the way where it's like it's it it's between friends. It you know, it's I mean I mean in the same way that I guess like Lord of the Rings is a romance. <laughs> Frodo and Sam, you know, just <laughs> um, it's it's great though. The the chemistry between those two actors is fantastic. Yeah, um, they really, you know, they yeah, they, they're both just incredible actors who just play their parts perfectly. Um, yeah, I, I do. You want to make the transition to talking about the antagonists now? We're going to talk about the villain. That's the thing. It's you know how many. There are like four of them. There are, there is. I mean, if we're counting all the sisters, then what, it's like five or six or. Yeah. <laughs> and we've got the warden. Yeah, Ooh. Warden Norton. Um, what's interesting is in the book, he's just one of like four wardens. He's not like the main guy. Oh. Darabont made the really smart choice of like, of there being one warden, you know? Yeah, there's one, one guy. You can really learn to hate him over the course of two hours. Yeah. You've got the warden, and then you've got his lackey, the captain, and then you've got, like, the sisters, who are just, like, who are secondary secondary antagonists, I guess. Um, even though for the first part, like, for the first... Warden Norton is, like, not in the movie for the first couple... Um, like, when, when... For the first 30 minutes, I'd think, I would say. When Andy gets to Shawshank, like Warden is the Warden is not as much prevalent. Like in in 1940, when they're still in 1940, yeah, and he hasn't proved himself as like this great accountant. The only real antagonist is is really just the sisters. Like they are the ones who are harassing him. I mean, I mean, uh, like you don't really like he's not facing up against Captain Hadley, but it's like it's yeah. there. I mean, he beats the man to death. That's not in the book, but yeah, no, we we established very early on. Like the warden is a figure, but he doesn't really 
become involved until Andy starts, you know, cooking the books. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> yeah, but, um, yeah, it's, I, 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 the whole, like, um, him being religious, that's, that's in the book too, but it's, it's really played up, you know, too. Yeah, it's, it, it's, um, <laughs> you can put your faith in God, your ass belongs to me. He's like shaking a Bible in his hands. <laughs> no, no, he's like the first rule, no blasphemy. <laughs> <laughs> that's, 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 yeah, that's it. And I mean, in like the whole like religious setup, it's 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 just there for. I mean, one of my favorite scenes is is like the reveal that he's been hiding the the rock hammer in the Bible. Yeah. Like that's not at all in the book, and I'm so glad that somehow like Frank Darabont came up with that because it's such a smart reveal. Where and he's like, because oh, you can because he hands him the Bible too. He yeah, when he goes and he's like holding it in his hand, he doesn't realize that the weight is different. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you would notice that. I mean, it's a yeah. No, a guy who was picked up this picked up a Bible like a you know, ungodly amounts of time, and or an unfathomable amount of times in his life. Yeah, I I I mean, we've already talked about like Hadley. I guess I I mean I, I we're in the antagonist section now. Um, but yeah, Hadley is like he's he's a presence in the book. He dangles him over the edge of the the building or whatever. In the book but he's yeah. not like like in 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 the movie he really becomes warden uh warden norton's like lack you know he's doing all the crimes he's doing other crimes for warden norton yeah um i mean this is something we're gonna like reiterate but i yeah i feel like frank darabont's film took what existed and really just fleshed it all out you know because it's it's the book is pretty sparse it's mostly just read like He's like, oh, I had a friend named Andy Dufresne. And then he, he talks about Andy, but, you know, it's like, uh, Red has, has a very limited perspective on what's happened. And in, in the movie, you can actually really get with Andy and you can see him, like the moment he discovers that, that like the wall is, is it's like soft or whatever. And, and you like, you really, you're really following Andy. You're watching him endure uh, all the abuse from the sisters. I know about Brooks really fast. Oh yeah, Brooks. Brooks isn't in the book. He's not. I mean, he is. He's there for one paragraph. They go. There's a guy who left. He got really depressed, and then he died alone. Jesus. No, but, but Brooks then, is like. Oh my God, his monologue when they're reading it out in the letter, and they're in the and they're talking about institutionalism, and oh, it's so sad. Yeah, it's it's like <laughs> I, that's the moment where I'm always just like, just just. So it's like it's like uh, I don't know it's it's just one of those like cinematic like moments where it's like 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 I I think I cried the first time I saw it and yeah. that was the scene that I cried to because I mean I mean the ending is is emotional you know seeing them reunite but yeah but it's happy Brooks is just like it's so depressing it, yeah it's like it's like punching you in the stomach and like here you know have a have a piece of cake. <laughs> But yeah, it's like this. It's just another example of taking what was there, one paragraph, and and really just you know opening it up. You know what can you do with with a Brooks character? You know he he leaves and then he dies. Now what sort of stuff can we do with that? Can we make him like like a real character? You know like you know let's give him something to do. Let's make him a librarian. Let's like yeah let's give him something to care about. Let's give him the Raven or you know the Crow, whatever it is. 
Yeah, uh, Jake. <laughs> Jake. <laughs> the, the, yeah, Jake uh, probably died because he didn't know he didn't figure out how to fly. Yeah, man. I'm yeah. I'm pretty sure Jake. <laughs> in in the book, Jake dies. In the book, they they find Jake dead, and it's a metaphor for like leaving the prison. You know, it's it's also accurate. Jake would have died. A hundred percent. Yeah. No, he never like. He was just in his pocket the whole time. So yeah, he's dead. It's unfortunate and sad. He's dead. <laughs> okay. Um. I guess we've covered a lot of the character stuff. We're just gonna move into just general thoughts. Just talk about like. I mean, if there's anything, I know you don't have your notes with you, but I mean, if there's anything that you like wrote down and you wanted to bring up, this is the, well, this is the time to do that. I think one of the best. It's it's like post action narration where it's like I think it's I don't know I think it's I think it's Morgan Freeman is is, is narrating about how how Andy got out. Andy Dufresne crawled through 5,000 yards of shit, shit, um, shit smelling violence I can't even imagine. Like, <laughs> and he talks about what happens to the warden and how the warden like shot himself. Yeah. Oh yeah, oh, I've never got into, that doesn't happen. No one ever gets their comeuppance in the book. That's why like the movie you actually get to watch <laughs> You're, I mean, you don't get to watch, but you get to hear about Captain Hadley crying as he gets arrested and like pissing himself as he goes into the um, as he goes in the cop car. Yeah, you actually see these people get their comeuppance, and yeah, in the book, it's very much just like I don't know, he left. Like, yeah, yeah in the story, you know, that, there it is. Yeah, but I mean, in <laughs> in the movie, like, I mean, it, I, it's rated R, but I mean, you don't actually like see, you know, uh. Uh, Warden Norton like shoot himself. You just like get the glass shattering. Hands over, yeah. But it's very clear. He's like looking at the gun. He's like, oh, he's gonna shoot himself. He's like, he's like, because yeah. he he loads the gun with all six bullets. It's like he's gonna go down shooting. Nope. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, I. It's so weird, like loading all the bullet. Like, I mean, well, when, I think um, <laughs> I think his intention was to just take like, just to kill as many people as, as he could with him, and yeah. then himself. But no, he 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 decided. Well, this is just gonna be easier and just. I mean, it's funny that we bring that up. I mean, um, uh, Andy at the beginning, I don't know if he's contemplating suicide or thinking about murdering um, his, I, no, but I, he, he puts all the bullets in there. So oh, I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I think he was going to go in there, shoot both of them and then like shoot himself. Like, yeah, I mean, <laughs> like, I mean, it's, it's really just bad luck, man. You know, like he, he, he like talks himself out of doing it. And then yeah. they still end up dying, and he still, you know, fixes. And then he knows about it. He knows about it too. What's this kid? That the the kid who dies. He's got uh, like Tommy. Oh my god. Yeah. Tommy's story. Yeah, it's it's so it's like also so sad. Yeah, and no, and like telling you like before you really get to know Tommy that he has a wife and and kid, and that's why he's trying to get his GED. So yeah. like watching him get gunned down is even more heart wrenching oh. because you're like. Oh no, Tommy! <laughs> yeah, in in the book, he just gets transferred to another prison. I, I, yeah, I, I, I think this is one of one of those like adaptations that is just it's just better. Like I, I mean, we can yeah. get into that like when we, I mean, when we like give ratings or whatever at the end. But I just I feel like this is better than the book. Like <laughs> I had fun reading the book, but this just. Watching this movie, it's just, you know, it tugs the heartstrings. Like, it's, it's an endeavor, you know? It's, it's two and a half hours, and it's, it's, it's iconic. Yeah. <laughs> it's a fantastic movie. Like, I have probably seen this movie probably five times in my life. 
Yeah, I, I'm, I mean, to many more. I mean, like, yeah, exactly. Well, no, um, okay. A, a lot of uh, Red's narration, like, those are direct lines uh, from the book. The, yeah, I, the shit I can't even imagine. That's, that's right from the book. Yeah, um, get, get busy living, get busy dying. Andy never says that in, in the book. Right. Um, but uh, Red says it, you know, after he, he, uh, he leaves prison and he decides to break his parole. You know, he's like, get busy living, get busy. Not gonna, they're not going to throw a fit about, you know, me running off. I'm like an old crook like me. <laughs> uh, oh yeah his his parole hearings that's it's just such a smart like storytelling just just like seeing where red is at that point in the yeah. film i love the i love that i love that monologue about the you know <laughs> I don't give a shit. have yeah. you seen the family guy have you seen the family guy parody of it no no oh my god it's so funny so it's cleveland it's red and <laughs> it's during this monologue and he goes um <laughs> Yeah, I you know it's it's weird like 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 you I, I I don't know I don't know what those people were thinking. I mean his like he's like like he's no he's no longer a threat to society obviously. So yeah. Oh, no, but he like craps on them. He's like he's like you guys are like you guys are useless and like screw you guys. I mean but the guy like leading the board he's like watching him he's like yeah. yeah he's like, I'm <laughs> I like I <laughs> Just another King adaptation, you know, I'm sort of on this, I, I in our previous episodes, uh, we talked about um, Bag of Bones, which is a 90s King book that was made into an awful miniseries with Pierce Brosnan, um, which is, you know, it, it like, it takes its material and sort of squanders it. And I, I feel like this is a really apt comparison because this is, this takes a King story and just like- Makes it so much better. Yeah, like really improves upon it, but it's still sort of like like you can see like um the original like product there, you know, you can see like through Red's narration, through a lot of those iconic lines in the film, they're still pulled from the book. It, like it's it's faith. Yeah. It's still um, a king story while also being a movie. Yeah, it's it's a king story, but it's also just a good movie. It like <laughs> yeah. it's on its own, on its own. If I didn't know, I didn't know who Stephen King was before, I would have just thought it was just a really good movie. Like, it wouldn't have occurred to me to know Stephen King movie. Of course, I have read Stephen King books before, so I realized, oh, shit, this is Stephen King. But, <laughs> um, <laughs> no, it, like, this, like, re rehabilitated the Stephen King image, you know, as someone with prestige. Uh, I mean, same, same with the original story. The original story, like, there are, like, like rave reviews, you know, because at that time it was... Stephen King is the guy who writes about like weird vampires and, and girls with telekinetic powers who murder all of their friends and, <laughs> and you know, God fighting the devil at the end of the world. So, <laughs> you know, this, this, like, this like American literature like story about people in prison, it's, it's so, it, 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 it's like appalling, you know? You don't, yeah. you don't expect it to come from that guy but it's still very distinctly Stephen King. And I mean, 10 years earlier in, uh, I think it was 84, they did Stand By Me, which is an, also from this collection. So it was like, like we, we had to go another 10 years, you know, before we could see yeah. another King story that wasn't like, you know, clowns from, from space. <laughs> space wizards who've got knives and balloons. Yeah, man, I, I don't know. Yeah. 
and I yeah and and like this this sort of like you know made the public think about this guy in a totally different way which is which yeah. is great you know <laughs> okay uh do you have anything else you want to say before we move into like the review stage is there any like no what's the review I'm okay welcome this is final thoughts okay this is where we we're just gonna like I mean, I'm gonna give the book a rating and then we can both give the movie a rating and we're just gonna talk about why we gave it that rating. Okay. Right. Um, <laughs> I, I, we're gonna, okay, so for the book, the book, I, I like, it was 90 pages. Um, so, you know, you're not really like expecting like anything, anything crazy in that. And I, I think the book does the best that it, that it can. I. I knew about the film before I knew about the book. So when I went into the book and I, I read it, I was sort of underwhelmed, I'm gonna be honest, because there are so many of those like iconic scenes that just, you know, there aren't, they aren't there. They're inventions of Frank Darabont. Um, yeah. the, the opera, like where, where they're playing the opera or whatever. Like, I, I love that scene. I love just thinking about that. Like, it's so funny. Um, and it was in the book. <laughs> like, and, and there are so many like little touches that I, that I, I really wanted to see, but weren't there. Um, but I can't really fault the book for that. Um, that's, that's not really like, his creation is good. It's just not what we all associate. It's not the iconic. Yeah. Yet, when you think Shawshank Redemption, you don't think 90 Story by Stephen King, where a guy talks uh, the whole time. <laughs> and, and, you know, it, it's an Irishman talking about his friend from prison. No, you think about Morgan Freeman tim robbins and i mean you know it's no fault of the book i mean it obviously came first but yeah. i just had that image in my head the whole time and i was underwhelmed um but i like trying to divorce that from the book i i i think i'd give it like maybe three and a half four stars you know it's 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 okay i i've seen what stephen king can do i've read the 1000 page epics about God fighting the devil at the end of the world. And um, I would say that I, you know, compared to his other stuff, it's okay. So I, okay, we'll go with like maybe uh, four stars. Okay, we're gonna round up. I'm gonna be generous here. Uh, four wow. stars. Out of 10 or out of five? Oh, out of five. I'm sorry, out of five. Oh, do yeah. out of five. <laughs> I was like, wow, you're really crapping on this movie, dude. You're like, oh no, no. No, I mean the movie. I like. I if you want to talk about the movie, see, I judge on a I judge on a scale from emoji movie to Marque Lyons, the good, the bad, and the ugly. So <laughs> this is a big scale, and 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 following on this scale, I think Shawshank lands on a like eight and a half, you know, nine territory. Like we're hitting like some of the greatest storytelling that has ever been put to cinema for, for me at least like i think i think this movie has you know this movie has edged its a special place in my heart for it i will watch this movie any day of the week anytime you know any time of day because it's just it's just perfect i think that this movie is is super rewatchable you know it's not too too long it's not too too short you can you really get invested in the characters like the character the plot is character driven yeah, I, I like just that that whole cast of characters at the prison. I think uh, Haywood, you know, the a Alexander Dumbass. <laughs> like, <laughs> there there are so many little moments that I just I just think about because I, I it's 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 iconic. 
there are so many like little things, little nuances that I pick up on repeat viewings. And whenever it's on, I, I have to watch it. I just have to. Yeah, it's one of those movies that you just can't, like, it's shocking. And it's like, how can this movie, this movie has no right being this good, but it is. It's an adaptation <laughs> yeah. of a Stephen King book, which became household. Like, everyone knows who the movie is. You know, um, yeah, um, I mean, I'll give my rating. Um, but, you know, um, there's a story that Stephen King tells that I love where um, he's, he's like at the supermarket or whatever. And there's an old woman uh, who goes up to him and, and she's like, uh, oh, I know you. You write those scary things. I like uplifting stories like that Shawshank Redemption. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, yeah, it's, it's like, I mean, it's just not something you'd expect from the guy. And I mean, he writes great stuff, but you don't like, it, it's, it's so yeah. unlikely to, to be as iconic and as good as it is, as it was, as it remains to be. Yeah. And it's, again, it's a classic. Like, it's, it's a classic that we, like, talk about, you know, this is, this is, it's not Star Wars, but it's, it is pretty damn close for the just recognizability, like, the, for the recognition it has gotten over the years. Just the, just the occult, yeah, the occult following it has. Like, talk to anybody who's seen this movie, and they'll sing their praises about it. I mean, it's, I think it's the highest rated movie on IMDb, which is just user reviews. And it's like a 9.6 or whatever. Oh my God. Yeah. yeah crazy. Yeah. Um, okay. My, my rating, I think, I think we'll go 4.5. I, 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 it's near perfect. Okay. Right. Um, I mean, maybe I should give it five stars. I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's a really good movie. It's a really good movie. And there's nothing particularly wrong with it. You can't really point out what's wrong with it, but it's not, your perfect like again it's also subjective like my top movie the good that and ugly there are a bunch of things wrong with the movie like it's not objectively the best movie ever um personally i happen to love it but i giving giving even in that movie for me a t like 10 out of 10 or 5 out of 5 it's just you can't do it because there's objectively there's anything wrong with it it's just not perfect yeah yeah, I mean, I, I don't know, although I did give The Exorcist five stars, which I don't know, I'm sort of reevaluating that, because if I'm not going to give Shawshank Redemption, which I, I think I put higher than The Exorcist five stars, maybe I'm, maybe I'm just a bad reviewer. <laughs> no, I don't think it's that. I think, I wouldn't have given The Exorcist five stars, but I mean, it's also, that is also an incredibly hard movie to judge, just because of how it's aged. Yeah. Um, okay, I, I want to end with, with just, you know, how the story ends. Um, the end of the book, uh, the, the book is just like, it's a manuscript that Red is writing. So he's like, I'm going to put this story aside and I'm going to hope I, I find Andy Dufresne. And he is the whole, like, I hope the Pacific is as blue as I've imagined it. I, I hope I've, whatever. Um, and then it's just, the last two words are just, I hope. Um, it's very uplifting. It's, you know, it's hopeful. It is. Yeah, and I mean, that's, that's what the movie's about, you know? There are just certain parts of a person that you can't lock up. I, Andy talks about it at, at one of, I think it was like lunch or whatever at, in that scene where he's like, you know, you just have to have hope. And the music that's in your head, the music that is in your head, that's what he's talking about. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and I'm um, like, the movie, you actually see them reunite, which wasn't Frank Darabont. He didn't write that. That was something the studio made him put in. And I think... That's that's one of like that's a good example of of studio. Uh, you really the director's vision. 
Yeah, <laughs> because because I watched that and I, I I was happy, you know. I don't know if I would have preferred the an ending where you know Red's he's looking for him and we'll never know. Will he find him? Yeah. I, I kind of like the idea of knowing that they find each other and they go off and they start a hotel or whatever. <laughs> this was nice, you know, talking about Stephen King, which is what we started off the show with. I think we might finish with another Stephen King story next week. I don't really know. I, I, I don't want to decide right now. Um, but this was, this was great. This was a lot of fun. Thank you for being here, Nate. Um, My pleasure. I don't know if I ever introduced you at the beginning. I don't did think you did. <laughs> <laughs> I think well, you jumped into it. <laughs> okay, I'm going to put your name in the description at, when I, like, of the podcast episode. Um, it, is, it is actually, hi, I am Nathaniel Belknap Whittemore. The <laughs> <laughs> See, you know, it's only something you find out at the end. It's like... Yeah. It's you one know, of those stories. You don't know what's going to happen to Andy. <laughs> yeah, you don't know that Andy's planning to, you know, to tunnel his way out until you see them pull that poster up. Didn't talk about it, but that reveal. That reveal. Yeah. Oh. It's like, and you, like, you see them looking and out. Pulls away. Oh, it's perfect. <laughs> um, well, um, the reveal is that this is my friend, uh, Nathaniel Belknap-Whittemore. Um, this has been a lot of fun. Uh, thank you. And I'm going to end the recording. Uh, I'll, we'll have another episode next week. This is great. Thank you.